What's going on, everyone? <laughs> um, thank you for tuning back in to your two ugliest best friends. Is that what we'll call ourselves? In oh, really? ugly and like in a powerful way. Oh, no. We are reclaiming the word ugly. There is nothing wrong with ugly positivity. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's. Uh, we have so much to say. Before we dive in, um, I wanted to take a minute to highlight a story here that I, you know, if you're on social media, you've seen it, I would hope, but I wanted to make sure that on this podcast, we talked about it. And this is the story of Elijah McLean. Now, I'm just, I'm reading from the Instagram account at the fake pan, which I highly recommend following. They do, um, drawings like make cartoons out of these stories which makes it really digestible for us to learn more and I want to read this to you so on the evening of August 24th 2019 Elijah McLean was walking home from his local convenience store a passerby noticed Elijah wearing a ski mask flailing his arms and listening to music they called 911 although they told the dispatcher they didn't believe anyone was in danger Elijah routinely wore masks when outside because he had anemia and became cold easily. When officers arrived and tried to stop Elijah, he continued walking and said, I have a right to go where I'm going. When an officer touched him, Elijah said, I am going to go home, leave me alone, and let me go. No, let me go. I am an introvert. Please respect my boundaries. A struggle escalated, and three officers wrangled Elijah, who weighed 140 pounds, toward a lawn threw him against a wall, then tackled him to the ground. One of the officers applied a carotid control hold around Elijah's neck while Elijah cried and pleaded, ouch, that really hurts. He said, I'm sorry, I don't have a gun. I don't do that stuff. At one point, an officer spotted another officer's body cam, pointed at him and said, move your camera, dude. Elijah was handcuffed, then medics injected him with ketamine to sedate him, a dose appropriate for a man much larger than Elijah. McLean suffered two heart attacks while he was taken to the hospital. He was pronounced brain dead on August 30th, 2019. He was 23 years old, and none of the officers or medics present at the scene were charged. Now, this story is really bad, and if you... I have tweeted a video. There's a a video of Elijah, um, and I'm sure you've heard about him. You know, he played the violin for cats at at an animal shelter. He, I see videos of him, and I see myself. I see all my friends. I see a silly 23-year-old who was using fucking humor. When you read what he said, to the cops, he used humor and self de- self-deprecating humor to try and get the cops off him, and he's no longer alive. And to me, this is uh, our system has 
failed us, us. This person no, is black me. people. Yes. But, and you're right. That's right. But Elijah is me. Elijah is you. Like this is really fucked up. And I've been following at justice for Elijah McLean and I'm really worked up and angry. And Caroline, you had some actionable things that people who are ups as upset as we are, what they can do. Like Esther said, the cops that murdered Elijah have not been brought to justice. And if you're interested in sending emails, calling some phone numbers, donating, signing petitions, you could go to l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash justice for Elijah McLean, E-L-I-J-A-H-M-C-C-L-A-I-N. And, you know, Elijah was an amazing person that by no means deserved to be murdered by corrupt racist cops, but it shouldn't have to matter if you're a good person or a bad person. Just plain yeah. and simple, you know, black people shouldn't be being murdered by the police for doing absolutely nothing. We have a racist fucked up system and defund the goddamn police. Yeah, and I apologize because I know that I don't always use the right lingo for this stuff. Or, I mean, maybe lingo is a bad word, but like, I'm not that, I, I don't know, maybe you can help. What am I trying to say, Caroline? You're an ally and you are learning how to be the best yeah. ally you can be. And Thank you're you. deprogramming yourself and you are 100% going to work on being the best ally you can be. And by the way, allyship and deprogramming yourself and you know, learning, your, uh, learning about your implication in systemic racism as a white person isn't something that happens overnight. I mean, you guys are Glowing Up fans. You know, if I told you, you can get in shape by Monday morning, you know, or, you know, you can get a six pack in three days. Like, you'd be like, that doesn't happen. That's not real. And same But how way, much can I pay to get that? I will pay. 100%. And there are, I don't know if there are short come, uh, shortcuts to, you know, to becoming the best ally to, you can be, but... You know, I encourage you guys, we encourage you at going up to do the work like we're doing. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I, I, we're passionate about that and we wanted to share it. And we also know that you tune into this podcast to have, to learn about how ugly you are. So let's get to it. <laughs> so Esther, what has my ugly little troll been up to this week? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Caroline. Well, what? We did our first socially distant IRL hangout. <gasps> it was so fun. Oh my God. I did feel a little bit like you were captured in my backyard, but it was, it was wonderful. You always say that. You have reverse Stockholm syndrome. I do. I do. Because I know how needy and clingy I can be, and I just really want to work on it. But will you please tell everyone? I will say, by the way, regarding what? reverse Stockholm syndrome, you have this whole complex where you're like, you don't have to stay for that long. Like, seriously, like, don't feel pressure to stay for a long time. And you go so hard on this, like, oh, don't worry about little old Esther that it almost seems like you're trying to get me out of your backyard. Like, you're always mm. like, you're always like, don't feel stuck here. Like, 
feel free to leave at any time. Like, I don't want you to like literally stay that much longer. No, if that's, but that's an interesting interpretation. I didn't think of that. I know you don't mean it, but from my perspective. No, chances are if you're in my yard, like you're there because I want you there and I want you to never leave. Um, it, it was amazing, Esther. I, I saw a side of you in that backyard that I didn't know existed. You are, you're entering a new phase of your life. You are, you're a goddess of the hearth. To use my Latin background, you're becoming this domestic, you have a fucking vegetable garden. I do. I do. Yes. But it's actually like so easy to do if you live in California and have like the right sun and a little bit of outdoor space. It's really not that hard. So I don't want to take that much credit, but I can see how I feel like every time you or Dave sees me like doing something and knowing how to do what I'm doing, you guys like, like something happens for you where you just can't believe what you're seeing. It's, it's really exciting. I imagine it's like, what it feels like to watch your kid ride a bike for the first time without training wheels. It's <laughs> Which so... you can have that experience with me when I learn how to ride a bike. I always day. forget you don't know how to ride a bike or swim. I literally always forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know what you think of the little present I made you. Esther, you gave me so many presents. I felt so spoiled. And I, my love language is gifts. I, so Same. I didn't bring you any gifts. I feel bad. You did. You brought me a sticker from the In-N-Out factory store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. company well, store. It didn't, it didn't compare. I mean, you gave me, you gave me a gift basket. It was like poosh territory. It was no, a lot of no. stuff. So first of all, you gave me, I should put it on. I want, I just want to know if you thought that that gift was funny or not. Cause you seem like the queen of funny gifts. And when I had this idea, I was like, I might like have, I might be in Caroline's territory. And I just want to know what you thought of it. What did it tell, if you want to say what it was and what you thought of it. So Esther made me a tie dye shirt that matches our famous limited edition Hawaiian ice <laughs> rainbow hydro flasks that we had to buy from the Tilly's website that we learned <laughs> about from Gen Z TikTok. So she made a matching tie dye shirt and you keep, I, you're referring to it as a, a funny gift. It's one of the nicest gifts anyone's ever given me. It's so cool. It's awesome. But when, when you said that it's going to, you are finally becoming the hydro flask. <laughs> I was like, this is you're, where. You know, my work. dream is to become one with the hydro flask. <laughs> it's, I could finally cosplay as the hydro flask. It's all happening. You know, know. it's so well, funny. I just learned this crazy term today in a writer's room called Disney bounding. Have you heard of this? No. It's, uh, it's applicable here. So at Disneyland, you can't, you can't actually go dressed in a costume, like a Disney costume, because it's, it's too, it might be confusing or like people might have yeah. kids. So there's this trend called bounding where you kind of dress up in the color palette suggestive of a character. Um, John Stamos is the king of this. If you Google John Stamos Disney bounding, you'll see him like in like a Prince Eric suggestive outfit, you know, where it's like the same pants and like shirt that Prince Eric wears, but it's like not ostensibly a Disney costume. So it's just a huge trend. 
And I think this might be the first Hydro Flask founding in history, the shirt. Wow. Well, I'm just now picturing a fantasy where like you are my nanny and I need a sip, I need a sip of water and you come in with the Hydro Flask dressed as the Hydro Flask. <laughs> I just feel like that's the level of service I'm looking for. It's very role play. It's, <laughs> it's very, um, it's like, you know, like dressing up in the bedroom. It's like some people might want to, you know, it's like French maids or a little schoolgirl. If when you and I obviously embark on our platonosexual relationship in our 50s, <laughs> live on a farm, you know, we'll be doing a lot of reusable cup role play, I imagine. <laughs> So Thank I'm just going to put this right in that, in that drawer. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it was a really special gift. And like I said, like, this Hydro Flask is so rare. Like, I it, know. It, it, you can't buy it. it, it's it I'll never forget uh, those weeks of us searching for it online and just the whole rigmarole. It's just a, the most beautiful piece of art that we own. And I probably ever will own. It's fine art for us. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm speechless just looking at it. So again, it's just, it's the culmination of all my interests in a shirt. So thank you so much. And then you didn't just give me a tie-dye shirt. You also gave me some clippings from your garden, which I've been putting yes. to great use. I'm so impressed by that. I made a minty I've... cacao smoothie today that was basically just a ripoff of the famous mint chocolate daily harvest smoothie. Oh. Using That's the fresh mint you gave me. Yeah. Wait, I don't think I gave you fresh mint. Oh my God. Where did I get that mint from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Wait, are you, are you 100% sure you didn't give me mint? Yes. I don't have mint ready. Wait. You steal mint. <laughs> where would I have gotten it from? Okay, I must have bought mint at the store. Forget I said that thing about mint. Whatever. Um, you gave me like a couple sprigs of thyme that. I used in beans and you it was just so sweet you you let you gave me liquids you always give me a bunch of cartons of oat milk which is so sweet you don't ever have to that is like that reminds me of my mom when she just like gives me she overbuys things with the intention of just like giving me the excess that she does it it's just Aww. it's so it's really sweet thank you I'm learning sharing at 32 and it's really it's been really nice well both you and me are effectively only children we yeah grew up with half only children yeah we're half only children so sharing is also a bit tough for me so I'm happy we're going I on actually, a journey I actually think you're you're definitely I I think of you as someone who's a generous sharer like I do obviously within our limits but <laughs> oh I yeah do. Like I just being in that hotel room with you in New York and you just like handing me off persimmons Oh like, my I god! Like that might seem like normal decency to you, but for me, I'm like, oh, that's sharing. That's like full blown sharing, and it has. You've definitely impacted me on wanting to share more. Oh, I know this is pathetic, but ugh, no, sorry, it's gormies. so sweet. Food, food is. I, I it depends on the person. I will say, like, I'm so. I have a bunch of like fancy seltzers in my fridge. And God help me if my roommate's going to get his dirty paws <laughs> on any one of those seltzers. God effing help me. We have to do a seltzer review soon, by the way. 
That yeah, we we really do. Um, when it comes to food sharing, though, I have one memory I want to share, which is my friend Jenna, who you know, who um, she lives out here in LA, and she's an actress, and she and I went to college together, and I have this one memory of her where we were in the front row for our Fish in One Hundred One class, food science, human nutrition, and she was eating some kind of like bagel sandwich thing. And I looked over, I'm like, Oh, can I like get a bite? Can I try it? And she just looked at me and she goes, I cannot believe that you knowing how busy my day is and that this is the only food I have to eat today that you would dare ask me for a bite. And I, that was a moment I fucking fell in love with her. I was like, I love this answer. She is owning her needs she is setting her boundaries it was so fucking epic to me that someone would just be like so harsh to not share I just was I was inspired I love that moment so much I appreciate that so much more than someone doing it in a passive aggressive way and being like actually um I, I, this is like the only food I've like yeah had. like I'd much rather you be cruel and off-putting and like yes. absolutely body me in your response. Yeah, that's why it was so refreshing because it was it was just like it took all the tension out of it, you know? It was really cool. And I know you can't really talk like that to everybody, but for me, she was speaking honestly my love language, telling overt, me that I was an asshole. Overt cruelty is your love language. <laughs> just punishing, like withering. <laughs> absolutely just make you feel like so small. Yes, thank you, yes. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Okay, Esther, so I want to do a new segment. Um, it's not really so much as a segment as using the listener's time to get your advice on something. Mm -hmm. It's called, Should I Buy This? Mm. So, okay, I just also watched you take sips of like three different beverages. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's because I'm working off. I, there's so many. Yesterday, Dave counted 13 beverage, like, canisters in my room, and he was he's disgusted with me. I feel like I'm seeing arms, like, extra arms reaching <laughs> in different places. You're like Doc Ock and Spider-Man. Like, I'm seeing arms come from, like, the top of the screen, the side of the screen, like, wearing different shirts, reaching for different beverages. <laughs> it's becoming like an M.C. Escher painting, and I just can't keep the perspective right of, like, how many arms, is that a leg? Like, what is happening? <laughs> anyway, okay, <laughs> recentering. So this segment is called Should I Buy This? And it's all about, okay, having your eye on something that's a little yeah. pricey, let's say. It's it not doesn't even need to be pricey. It's just like, do I, you don't know whether or not you need it or should buy it. Like, there's so many things like that where I'm eyeing it for a few days and I would actually like the opinion of someone else to weigh in or whatever. So you have one today. I have a should I buy this? Oh my God, I'm so excited. It better be, it better be good. Okay, should I say the item up top and then explain why I need it? Or should I build my case and then say the item? Oh my God, oh my God. I'm gonna let you decide because I love both. I'm gonna build the case and then say the item. Here we go. Oh. So, Esther, you and I, let's face it, we're both ladies that love sneakers. Okay, oh we're God. comfort first. We care about our arch and heel health. We do not fuck around when it comes to overall foot health, right? You have me on your side already because, yes, foot 
health is so important. You do not, you do not ever want to have any kind of pains that were avoidable by having a better support system in your shoe. So yes, I'm on the flip side, you know, during quarantine, both you and I talk a lot about the power of walking and how important it is to incorporate walks into your quarantine lifestyle. And yeah, I, and, and I'll say this might be a little indulgent when you have a cute new pair of shoes that you're excited about. That motivates you to get out there. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. And walk anything that supports your walking habit, which is good for your mental and physical health. I'm, I'm, you're, you're building a good case. Sir. Thank you. I (laughs) thank you, (laughs) sir. Uh, Look, I was in JSA for one year because I had a crush on someone in it for a reason. Okay. (laughs) So here's the thing. I, we both live in LA and we thank, thank God we are so blessed to have access to trails, all kinds of trails. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like more intense hikes. Some of them are just kind of like dirt paths outside, you know, like the Silver Lake Reservoir. But here's the thing with my regular gym sneakers, let's say, you know, they're all kind of worn down. Some of the soles, you know, are just more like equipped for inside they get really dirty on the trails. They might have like not as much, you know, traction as I'd like. So then you'd say, okay, Caroline, why don't you wear your hiking boots? And I love my hiking boots. Don't get me wrong, but they're a hiking boot. They're a high ankle. They're, they're hot. They're, there's something you might not want to wear on an hour trail walk. Okay. No, I already am turned off by hiking boots. Boots. I don't like, I just picture that high ankle rubbing onto my ankle bone and I'm just not into it. Okay, this isn't about shading hiking boots. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So I was really looking at at buying a pair of trail-specific sneakers with like a thicker sole, and I had been recommended, and I think a lot of the Glomies are going to know about this brand, Hoka One One. It's a crazy name. It's spelled Hoka, H-O-K-A, and then it looks like One One, and I always thought it was pronounced Hoka One One, but it's actually Hoka One One. Is it Hawaiian? I don't know. It's from a Maori phrase. I need to do more research, but I can't get into the etymological. Okay. The point is oh. that Hoka One One are these, it's kind of like a cult classic shoe. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you have no idea. And they basically are extremely cushioned sneakers extremely cushioned to the point that they almost look like clown shoe moon boots. They have a super thick sole. And the whole point of them is that they pretty much go against like the minimalist running trend, which neither you or I are into, but you know, like the Nike fly knits that have like a really thin sole. Yeah. These like came out expressly being like, no, like we are the opposite of that. This is a maximalist shoe that is designed to completely cushion every step and they claim that it's so much better for your foot health runners swear by these shoes they say that there's no foot heel or leg pain when you wear them like people are really into these shoes like my boyfriend's family i've never seen his mom or dad wear anything but a hoka like for anywhere it sounds similar to like what why i like a nike air max or like a a new balance 999 like it sounds like a thick comfortable running shoe but I would say it's double the size the sole is easily twice the size twice the thickness wow okay I mean I 
I'm shocked because I feel like I thought I knew everything about comfortable shoes. So I'm actually having so much FOMO right now. I'm a little bit freaking out, but I will say that any, I really get off on any kind of like embarrassing looking good for you shoe. That is like, I'm getting, I'm just rubbing one out to that because yeah, that like, Oh, I will, I want to be on a red carpet with some moon boot looking orthopedic (laughs) shoes. I want that. Like that's, that's me and my brand. So I'm like, you're, I'm drooling. What more do you have for me? So the ones I'm looking at are trail running sneakers. So they're really lightweight. They've got a Vibram sole, which is the kind of sole that's usually on the bottom of a hiking boot. They're super thick lugs, perfect for trail walking. So cool. They're like the most dynamic colors, like so ugly, they're cool. And so cool, they're ugly. Yes, yes. Like they're so loud. They're so perfect. The one drawback, and this is the should I buy this thing, is Hoka's run a little more expensive than your typical running shoe. And these cost... $170 $170 free shipping. I mean, that's roughly what I pay for Air Maxes and the New Balances. So I get it. Look, here's what I'll say. Recently, I when I went to the Ranch Malibu or whatever it was called, the Ranch 4.0, I did not buy, they said buy hiking trail runners. I didn't. And it was a huge mistake. And I I really, I regret it. Like I would have gotten so much more out of the program if I had actually gotten the right shoes. That combined with the fact that, actually I have one question for you. Are you due for a pair of shoes? For a pair, are you like, cause for me, I'm like every six months, I buy a roughly $200 pair of shoes to fucking get my ass out on the streets walking. Are you due? Do you feel entitled to these? If I'm going by Esther rules, the six month shoe rule, then I'm I'm due. If I'm going by normal normal logic, do I have beat up sneakers that I could take on the trail? Yes. But they have their soles are worn down. They're like, you know that thing when it's like a little slippery when you're on a dirt hill? Like yeah. these would be like digging into the dirt. In my mind, these would get me hiking like at least once a week, which, which is an exciting prospect. Well, that never really ends up working out. Like I have, so I know many sports, sports I wish bras that. that promise, but no, fuck that because I definitely support this. You should definitely buy them. They sound awesome. You have people that you're really close to your boyfriend's family who are vouching for them. Like that's a, and also 170, like that's the price point for a really, really high quality cushioned, exercise shoe that's going to give you the support that you need i'm all i'm i'm on i'm you should definitely buy them i I might have to buy them okay should we do a quick screen share so you can see them and then we can screenshot it and post it on please there they are (gasps) cool is that the color you'd get this is the color i'd get i can show you blue i do love blue and yellow it's okay with like black leggings, I could see them can really I working. See, can I see that the color on the far right with that blue on blue one is? I also like this one, the blue. Oh. One. Here's the oh, those are nice. Mm, and what's the other one? And keep the, in mind, these are the trail runners. Mm. So if you look at 
just more like street walking shoes, you know, you could be looking at a whole different, like yeah. different models, many different colorways. Well, I actually like collaboration with them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they are ugly as fuck. They really are ugly, but that's not the point. So I love them. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this heel, this like soul with? I don't know how to pull it back up. Are you seeing that? Okay, yeah, that is quite thick. I have my, I actually just got a refresh on my Air Maxes, and that is quite thick compared. Oh, these make Air Maxes look like, like those toe, those barefoot toe shoes. I mean, watch what you say. Like, (laughs) oh, I said it. How dare you? (laughs) Oh, I fucking said it. Anyway, I really encourage you to look at the website and see some of these soul thicknesses. So I think the verdict is, should I buy this? Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Easy, easy. Get them. Um, And then report, report back for sure. Oh, I will. Six months later, I'll be like, I went on one hike. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Esther, we, I love the new version of going up because we have so many fun segments that we're doing. I know. I know. So, do what do we want to do? You want to talk about the video? Let's talk about the video. Okay, so this week we watched a YouTube video for you guys on our for our segment. Should you watch this? Is it worth your fucking time to watch this video? And Caroline picked a really great video for us, and it is. I guess it's kind of like a viralish video, right? Yeah, it's one of those Vogue like get ready with me videos where celebrities do their makeup or nighttime skincare routine. Some past faves include Doja Cat's uh, e-girl makeup routine or Liv Tyler's beauty routine. Like, there are some classics. Uh, But I chose Madeline Pesch. I don't know how to say her name from Riverdale. Patch? Madeline Patch? Petch? Yeah, she's a Riverdale actress. Redheaded Queen. Her 38-step skincare routine. That's the title of the video. And we're going to talk about it now. We haven't talked about it yet with each other should do we recommend that you watch this okay i'm i I, can i go through my thoughts and please interrupt me if you want please okay so when it first started i was like she looks 13 years old and i have a like newly as a woman in my 30s i have a newly found pet peeve for skincare advice from someone who's so fucking young so i kind of started on a bad note But then as it went on, she did say she was 25 and I was like, okay, okay. Like, you know, she's, that's, she's not, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. The craziest thing she said in this video was that she does her own makeup on Riverdale. Now I am not Meryl Streep, but I've been acting on TV for the last, like, I don't know, five or six years, something like that. I've never heard of an actress doing their own makeup, so I don't know what the fuck is going on there. That sounds very weird. Um, that was weird, right? I'm Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? Like, is her dad the producer? Like, you don't... It just is weird. I, I'm like, I can't even imagine what would happen if someone asked to do their own makeup. It just... It was weird. I'm very curious. I, I would love to hear more about that. I'm what sure that think? this is, like, a trend. Well, because Riverdale isn't some, like, no, nothing little show. Riverdale is, like, probably one of, like, the top dramas on network TV. Like... Yeah, that's not a thing where you're just, like, I'm going to do my own makeup today. Like, that's a really... That's, like, 
TV has a system that's tried and true. I don't know. It just, it threw me for a loop, but it's interesting because I've heard that in, you know, COVID-19 times that actresses might have to start doing their own makeup, which scares the fucking shit out of me. But I don't know. Maybe she's one step ahead. Anyways. So she used this like ice in the very beginning. Did you see her like rub her face with this cold ice ball? So yeah, step one was an iced face massager. And I, she doesn't say what brand it is, but like Esther says, it's like, a, it's like a metal sphere that she probably puts in the freezer, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's uh, just right out the gate, she's rubbing ice all over her face, which I love. Me too. I think that's cool. I definitely love the feeling of cold things on my face. And I, I love what I'll do is just like um, a softer towel that run under cold water and wipe that across my face. And that, that really like peps me up. But here's my question for you. She seemed really anti-puffiness. And I know that's common in skincare, but I don't understand why is puffiness bad. Is, don't we all want like fucking to look like we've got filler? Like why is puffiness bad? I think that there's a difference between, like, youthful plump and, like, I didn't get enough sleep or I drank too much low. Mm. It's – I've definitely looked in the mirror after, like, a hard night, and it's it's a bit like allergic reaction looking. It's like really? – it's like you want to be plumped in the right areas. Where like is your, a bad place to be puffed? I – Maybe like under your eyes is probably the classic. You don't want to be puffy under your eyes. Huh. I've just never experienced that. I get definitely dark circles, but to me, I'm like, I, I don't know. Anyways, okay, that, that is helpful though. I guess it's true. Puffiness can be bad. Um, I loved her little lip scrubber. So yeah, and so, so she does the ice face massage. I mean, I'll just really quickly go through the steps in between. She sure. did a... Rene Rouleau, soothing toner, then a Sicily eye cream and like a massage tool, and then a vitamin C serum, and then sunscreen. She really like talks about how much she loves sunscreen. Tatcha the water cream, which is a fave. Then she does her new face microcurrent. And like the thought of doing my new face every day is mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. Like I can barely find the time to do it. I don't even know how she does it every day. When she uh, did her eye cream, she called it a whitening eye cream, which that, I, she didn't say what it was, I don't think, but that was really appealing to me because as a dark under eye person, I would love to know a cream that's going to brighten me up under there. I, yeah, I think it's the Sisley eye cream, which is probably really? $800. Yeah, no. But she does a second that. eye cream later in the video. Oh. Um, so, but, but like Esther said, then she does her lip brush which she says is Nurse Jamie. And this was amazing, Esther. I agree. I love the lip brush. It was, a, it was like a scrubber. It looked almost like a silicone, just like, um, like have you ever seen like a silicone sponge? Like it just looked like a tool, a cleaning tool. And just to scrub your lips off and I, or your dead skin off your lips. I thought that was great. And if I ever get back into wearing matte liquid lipstick, which side note, Caroline, you're not going to believe this, but last time I was on the Kylie website, I've, I've been bitten by the bug again. I the cream. Some of my old the Kendall collection. God forbid. That drew me in, but then I was looking at all the liquid lipsticks. There's some colors from her collection that are still some of the best colors I've ever worn. That I the ones I had are expired now. I'm like I don't know. Maybe I need a new a refill of Candy K. 
Oh God. I mean, my, it's so funny. That sickly sweet smell of the Kai liquid lips was so, again, so enticing upon first open, but now all my Kylie's from like 2017 smell like old cookies, like nasty old cookies. That's how she gets you. It's like, you got to keep coming back for more anyways. But yeah, so I was like, oh, if I use that lip scrubber before I put on a matte liquid lipstick, I'm like, now we're talking like this, that that's okay. That's something. Um, Well, Esther, I do want to say you taught me the ultimate at home lip exfoliant trick, which is just a one time I had, as you put it, like a disgusting amount of dead skin on my lips. Thank you. And <laughs> you were like, just go wet a washcloth and wipe that off. With hot oh. water, yeah. All you need sometimes. When I got my makeup done for my sister's wedding when I was like 17, the makeup artist told me that and I'm like, done. That w- And that was really my first taste of like makeup artist secrets, which are still the best thing ever. Oh, still the best. I get such a high off makeup artist secrets. She does... And then it just keeps going. She does a primer. She does another SkinCeuticals cream. She does brings out her Nurse Jamie face roller. So now she's on her fourth facial tool of the video. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then she does some kind of like deodorant, essential oils. Uh, shout out to Schmidt's deodorant, which is what she uses. Yeah. Oh, side note, she's a brand representative for Biore. Not one Biore product in the video. Hmm. Kind of got to respect that. I was really into her mascara and eyelash situation. The lash, the curled lash comb. That's exactly what I was just going to talk about. I want it. I need it. I don't know how to get it. Watch this video and fast forward to the end to see her finished eyelashes. I've never seen such beautiful eyelashes. And it's a a three-step process. Yeah. I believe she does an eyelash primer, which those do really work. It's like white usually. I was annoyed though that she didn't say what it was. Like, do you know of a good eyelash primer? I use um, L'Oreal Voluminous, you know, that classic mascara. Yes. They make a primer and I've been using that. I think it's okay. Um, It's one of those products that I'm sure there are some other drugstore versions of. I think like the L'Oreal, ugh, the mascara in the pink tube, not uh, not like the pink and green one, but the other, ugh, the two face better than sex. Oh, that one. That people love. I bet you they make one too. But anyway, then she goes over it with a Tarte mascara that I've never heard of, Amazonian clay mascara, which she says is her tried and true. Huh. And then like I, Esther says, she brings in that, curved lash comb now skipping ahead to the makeup this is kind of my last thought for the video was i really loved how she did a little taupe eyeshadow with a little bit of um, a lined brush and did that like lined her under eye with it i feel like that is one of the most underrated like add a beauty boost to your face looks that you can do i don't know what it is but it just like naturally darkens the under eye in a way that just I I love that look so much and I'm glad that she did it and reminded me of it and I'm like I need to fucking re-up on some taupe eyelash eyeshadows mm. um because I I've been using that trick but with pencils mm. but the way I feel like the application that a, a brush and a 
powder can get you looks a lot better. So I'm very interested in that. Also shout out to the fact that she used Glossier Cloud Paint and Dusk, which is one of my top five Holy Grail makeup products. It's and she has a completely different skin tone than me. She is so fair. She's yeah. got red hair. And it's just such a nice peach color. She put it on the back of her hand and applied it with a brush. I do just directly with the fingers. And it was just so you amazing. Slob. <laughs> That's just what, kidding. I know. My dirty. No, fingers are actually the best. I, I mean, eating with your fingers, applying makeup with your fingers, it's like, your fingers were put on Wipe your, your hands ass with your for fingers. A <laughs> your fingers were put on your hands for a reason. God made your nose holes the size, exact perfect size for a finger to go into for a reason. <laughs> there are certain things that a finger just does better. <laughs> anyway, so what would you say? Would you watch this? Recommend watching this video to people. You're shaking your head no. We gave everyone the good parts. I started it like this is so long. Uh, look, yeah, we gave you the good parts, but am I glad I watched it? Yes. I guess mm. do I recommend I kind of do recommend it because I was I don't know, there was a lot there. It's a long one, but I'm giving this video like a thumbs up. Like I think it's worth a watch. You okay. can skip around, but I actually, but I get, I get your stance. Do you want to elaborate? For me, you know, I will say that the facial tool porn to see how people use like a thousand dollars of facial tools is it's very exciting, but I would say overall the video made me more depressed than anything else. Yeah, that's true. Like, her face. like you said, she looks like she's fucking 13 years old. She's already on her anti-aging game so hard using two eye creams. Like, I, can't, I simply cannot compete. She's so beautiful. She's so oh, beautiful. wait, her hair. Oh! Her hair. Oh, when she lets down. I don't understand. I've never video, seen she, hair like that. She lets down her hair, and it's it's... It is like the heavens themselves part. And this thick, lustrous, perfectly waved red hair falls over her shoulders. It's, it added insult to injury at the end for me. Same. I've never really looked at hair like that before where I was like, ooh, I'm jealous of that person's hair. Like, I don't really, you know me, I'm not a hair person, but her hair was so perfect, honestly. And th then she was adding oil to it and it didn't get oily. She did get a little kooky with her. She's like, my hair speaks to me. And I'm like, all right, shut up. But her hair speaks um, to me too. <laughs> this video, I was the Vogue skincare routine, whatever videos are much better than the 73 questions. Like those just make me feel just violated after I watch them. So oh my God, those make me feel crazy. I, what Donatella Versace's when they ask her what her favorite movie is, I think she's like The Shape of Water. It's like really Donatella Versace. Uh, you've had access to like the finest Italian films. Like anyway, or of course when Taylor Swift says her drink of choice is diet coke and vodka. Oh, anyway, I hate the seventy three questions videos. I can't even. I I hate them too. They make me sick. Okay, so yeah, I guess there were like I guess you should watch this one. Yeah, sorry, we don't really have like a strong. Okay, but send us your favorite like celebrity get ready with me videos. Vogue has a series. Yeah. Um, 
Harper's Bazaar does a go to bed with me. Just, I want to hear everyone's favorites because there's so many and I, and I really want to feature more. There's too many. Yeah. There's literally, yeah, too many. I'm going to watch them for you. Okay. Okay, Esther. So what do you say? Should we end this episode with another installment of Sad Women of History? Well, by the look on your eyes, I think we have no choice. (laughs) Sad Women of History. Oh my God. I'm like clenching with excitement at this one. (laughs) Esther, will you do the honors and say the woman we are featuring today? Okay. So today's, this week's Sad Woman in History, which if you are new to listening, this is a segment where we discuss a woman who has been talked about. She may be a public figure of sorts, basically. And her story is kind of sad. You know, we did uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. We did Rosie Ruiz. Definitely go back and listen to those. And then in the past, we've discussed whether or not this person, if they're more like me or more like Caroline. But this week, we want to change it up a little. And we just want to discuss, because we've kind of realized that all of these sad, scamming women are like both of us. <laughs> there's like if there's if there's a Venn diagram of Esther and Caroline, literally every sad woman of history is right in the middle. So we fucked that up good. I prefer um, to think of it as each sad woman of history is a like um a yin and a yang. And it has equal parts Esther, yes, equal parts Caroline. It's kind of that so, eternal balance. Yeah, so this week, we are just, we want to just discuss, do we think we'd be friends with this sad woman in history? Like, would she be, would she fit in with us, be in our clique, um, whatever? (laughs) It's kind of like anticlimactic, because, like, obviously, the answer is yes for all of them, but, like, let's give it, let's give it, let's see. You never know. (laughs) You never know. Oh, my God, I'm so excited about our sad friend, our sad woman today. Okay. She's an icon. She's a legend. She's the stuff of playground chance. And as Wendy Williams would say, she is the moment. She's actually not the moment. She's from the 1800s. It's Lizzie Borden. Yay. So if you're listening, you probably think you know all about Lizzie Borden. Like Esther, what do you know about Lizzie Borden? So I have have listened to a little bit on her. And what I know is that she was a little girl, I think, who was accused of killing her family. and like A little girl? Did... She was 32, first of all. Keep going. Oh, my God. She was accused of killing her whole family and, like, maybe didn't do it, but was just became this, like, famous icon of being a woman who killed her whole family. Yes. Lizzie Borden is, is world famous. She's, like, one of the first true cases of, like, a media sensation trial where it was like plastered all over the news. And like Esther said, I'll, I'll go into a little more detail here. During an oppressive heat wave in August, 1892, Andrew and Abby Borden were brutally murdered in their home. Each received multiple blows to the head with a hatchet. Oh. And in the schoolyard rhyme, it's like 40 wax. I don't know how many wax it actually was the only person that was in the house was their unmarried uh andrew's daughter uh the wife's abby's stepdaughter lizzie borden i she was a spinster i should you know not that it matters but you know what is a spinster can you just remind some of us 
spinster is an unmarried woman. It's it's honestly kind of a gender like it's kind of like a gendered slur, and I I actually regret mm. using it. It's like well, I no, I'm like glad you did. Now I know. I feel like it's used to like denigrate older women that aren't married, and honestly, like reclaiming that word as well. It's cool to be a spinster. Like uh, honestly, fuck marriage. Yeah, anyway, it sounds so, cool. And so there was a live-in maid that was also in the house at the time, I should say, but she was uh, in her room resting because she had consumed spoiled mutton stew the night before and she was vomiting. So whatever. The point was that Lizzie was accused. She was ultimately acquitted. Mm. And no one really knows if she did it or not. Um, But... I just want to talk about some of the motives, possible motives for the case. I think they're so interesting. So her parents were rich. Their fortune was in today's, uh, in today's terms, around $7 million. It's a lot of money. Wow. And her dad was apparently extremely frugal, extremely withholding of his fortune, wouldn't promise Lizzie anything. Like There was a lot of like property disputes in the family about like rental properties, which I really relate to that just being like an issue in a family. So people say that she was ready to inherit his wealth and stop living under his thumb. And then this is the most important thing. Her alibi was that she was in the backyard barn eating pears. Oh my God. That is... Not an alibi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's simply not an alibi. I know. Being specific about the kind of fruit you're eating doesn't make it a more realistic alibi. That's just, wow. <sighs> that being said, is it the kind of alibi you or I would try to use in a murder case? Absolutely. 100%. So, look, this is a woman that had cheap parents Mm, uh-oh. Had a complicated relationship with her family, to say the least. A woman who loved fruit so much so <laughs> that she used it as a, a, as a murder alibi. Like, of all the alibis, she went to fruit. This is also a woman that was so stubborn that even after she was acquitted, she stayed in her hometown. It was like a pariah of her hometown. She wouldn't leave. So she's an incredibly stubborn woman and she's a woman that she's a woman that was, you know, weird enough that people just immediately assumed she killed her parents. (laughs) And I don't mean to laugh at the situation because it's horrible, but it is funny to be weird enough that people assume you killed their family. Um, Okay. You know, I'm, I, we have a lot in common with this woman. I'll start there. I would go so far as to say we have a shocking amount in common with this woman. To the point that I feel like she is my soul sister. Uh, I mean, having cheap parents, I mean, where do I start? My dad wouldn't turn on the air conditioning in the house. Even, Same. like, when it was 115 degrees outside. We, if I didn't reuse a paper towel, like, that would that would that was a really serious offense in my house. My dad wouldn't buy paper towels with fun prints on them, if we're talking paper towels, because he said that they were 
cents more expensive. We went to fast. My dad would bring coupons to fast food places. Yes, yes. We we often, when we got the Burger King coupons, we would dine in at Burger King. The point being that parental frugality can definitely, it can definitely traumatize a young person. Yeah, it can. Oh my God. It's definitely affected you and I for the rest of our lives. And I always identify with people and like love to talk with people about how cheap our parents were and how much it damaged us. Same. So just off that alone, and I'm not even including the pears thing, like, yeah, like I'd be really good friends with her probably. Yeah. And she loved pears, which we love pears. We love a fresh red Jing, Danju, how do you say it? You know what I'm talking Dan- about, those red pears? Danju. There's like Danjus. I don't know. The point is that, I mean, I could definitely get down with a pair. Lizzie, we open you with welcome arms into our circle. I feel terrible that she was, like, became a fucking schoolyard rhyme that just shows, like, how fucked up life has been for women. Um, yeah, to have your entire... Like, this is the worst moment of her life, and it's some, like, silly little chant. Yeah. It's not It's not cool. And now and it's the, just a, seg- a silly little segment on our <laughs> podcast, but nevertheless. The point is, like, Lizzie, I don't care if you did it or not, to come hang with us anytime. Same. Same. Oh. Caroline, we did it again. Another episode of Glowing Up. Um, I am just so excited that we're doing this and so grateful for all the feedback we've been getting from the Glomies. And I know we've been talking about having guests again soon, so that's in the coming in the future. Um, we are on social media, as always, at Glowing Up Podcast on Instagram. And uh, I want to shout out my new tie-dye store. I've been selling tie-dyes. Which, if you follow at Sleepover by Esther, you can get all the information on when the store restocks and launches and all that stuff, reopens. Um, Caroline sells masks. Do you want to talk about those? The fucking Britney Spears mask you gave me, which I oh. worship. Go to carolinegoldfarb.com slash store to find my GeoCities-esque MySpace webpage. The cursor is a penis that jizzes sparkles. Thank you and so much for that. <laughs> I sell merch. And um, I right now, masks are my hot item. They're like breathable mesh masks printed with, uh, like Esther said, Britney Spears, Oprah, Larry David. Brand Benani. Dresher. Brand Dresher. Yeah, I mean, yeah, copyright infringement is cool and it's safe. I hope so. You know, I actually, because I'm doing my special, I forgot to announce, is coming out July 17th on Comedy Central. And I emailed Comedy Central like, hey, like, I think I'm going to do merch. Like, what's the deal? And then they kind of never really gave me a straight answer. So I just fucking, I'm, I'm real, you best believe I'm releasing a hot for my name. That's in my special hot for my name merch limited edition collection. And it is not legal. So. Oh, I mean, Subner Redstone himself, or whoever, like, Sherry Redstone, I guess, like, owns the majority of Viacom. She's going to show up at your damn house one day, and she's going to have something to say to you. I cannot uh, wait. Yeah, please. I want to be there for that. So, yeah. But oh, yeah, my God. No. Esther's special. My masks. Esther's tie-dye. 
just ladies trying to get by. I know. And I'm selling shirts, masks, matching t-shirts and mask kits. Anyways, you guys, thank you for listening. I, Caroline, I feel like I could talk to you for the next 24 hours straight. So I'm, let's just, we got to just call it a day. Yeah, look, like if the, if we talk any longer, we'll end up both killing our parents and pretending that we were eating pears. So and I'll drink water out of you. Oh, God, on that note. Okay, love you, girl, and we love you, Gloomies. Bye, guys. Bye. Podcast Network.